Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hey everyone, Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. Today on our show, I have Catherine Louise Birmingham. She is the author of Ride for Life, The Three Golden Principles for Riders. She's previously worked internationally as a dressage rider and a trainer, and she is now super passionate about helping heal and change the world through working with everyone who's really wanting to transform their life and live the life their soul came here to live. She is available for intuitive energy reading, spiritual guidance sessions online, and she travels really worldwide with her enlightened riding seminar and workshop, popular for both riders and non-riders. She now lives with her partner in Abruzzo, Italy, where I'd love to be, and where they've opened their home as a love and nature healing retreat. I would love to get there someday. I think you guys are going to love this interview. It is for equestrians and non-equestrians, and it's all about how to connect with your heart, how to get in alignment. And this, again, is with Catherine Louise Birmingham. Hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and comment. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am thrilled today. I have somebody from Italy. You're in Italy right now, correct, Catherine? My favorite place in the world. I want to go back so bad. Um, I have Catherine Louise Birmingham, and she's the author of Ride for Life, The Three Golden Principles for Riders. And she's an internationally dressage rider and a trainer. But she's passionate about helping people heal and change the world through working with everyone who really wants to transform their life and live the life that their soul came here to live. So we are sisters on this one because... This is not just for equestrians. This is this is going to be geared around our work with horses, but how they work with humans, ba- simply based on their heart and their soul. So welcome to the show, Catherine. I'm so happy to talk to you today. I am so, so grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Julie. This Thank you. This is fun. This is going to be fun. So yeah. tell me a little bit about how you started working with horses in the very beginning. Okay, this is uh, something that I've told everybody. It goes right back to, I don't remember when I first had this passion and love for horses. It's been with me since I was a very, very young girl. Um, I now understand that I've had many, many past lives with horses, so I was carrying that in and ready here to, to, to complete the next thing that I'm meant to be doing with them. But um, I didn't come from a horse family. And I lived in the suburbs and I wanted so much to have a horse and wanted so much to ride. I used to clean my father's car so he'd give me $2 so I could save up and he'd take me for the trail rides. It wasn't until my mother was doing um, voluntary work with the local riding for the disabled that then she gave me the opportunity and she said, Catherine, if you come and help. And I was only nine years old. I was still in primary school. And she said, come and help on your on the, the days off and so forth and on the, and they'll let you ride the ponies on the weekend so I used to do that I used to go and help them with the disabled kids I loved it and then on the weekend and after school I'd ride my bike down to the paddock where all the horses were and I would literally just jump on bareback I taught myself to ride I fell off many many times but I had my little soulmate there Tonto who he was helping me out and yeah uh-huh. I started there and then slowly progressed to pony club 
and then moved overseas to Germany when I got older. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And you know what? You said something so important because I feel the same. I have same background, right? So I, my nobody in my family rode. I was put up um, when I was about three or four years old. And from then it was just, and I feel the same way. It was kind of like, I think that you come into the life with this because it's just something that you have or you don't have it. I always say everybody has their thing. Some people like boats, some people like cars. But for me, horses is more of a way of breathing. Without a horses in my life, I don't feel complete. I don't feel happy. It's it's more attached to your soul and your heart, I think. Don't you? It gave you goosebumps. Yeah. Yes. Give you give you breath. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've felt the same my whole life. Yeah. Horses have been. Uh. Well. I don't know whether you actually even want to go down to that track, but I mean, horses have been so, so important in my life. But even when I was younger and I struggled with chronic depression and I had a, um, a very, very hard time, uh, it was horses that kept me alive, basically. It was horses oh. that made me want to keep going. Can you yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like there are so many yes. listeners who are, depression is rampant no matter where you live. People feel very um, out of sorts, very unsure. The world is not really stable, no matter where you live. And I feel like everyone has a lot of fear. Can you talk a little bit about how horses have helped you through the years feel differently and better about yourself and maybe how they helped you with that depression? Um, basically, horses for me have been my outlet that where I could be myself feeling very different. I came from a large Catholic family. I felt different within my family. I felt different within my school friends. I didn't fit in anywhere. Horses was where I could be me, the spiritual daggy Catherine. <laughs> and <laughs> they gave me that place to not only give me my outlet of being me, they were my healing ground to allow me to release my anger. I had a very pent up a lot of violent anger because I came from such a strict upbringing, but I also was an empath and I was taking on my family lineage of depression. Um, and so it was for me that place of where they would allow me to heal, allow me to express myself, allow me to release and let go and hold no judgment, right. hold no judgment on who I was and what I was doing and which right. I carried on for many years. I carried this throughout right into my professional um, life. It wasn't until later that meditation really helped me shift that and helped me release that. Um, I've just recently written an article about this because it was something that I'd been carrying for a very long time. I did mention it one time in, a, in, a, in an interview I had a while ago, but World Suicide Day is coming up on September the 10th and I thought it's time to, to share it. But I had a suicide um, attempt when I was 17. Wow. And it was literally, it was a failed attempt, thankfully, but it was literally um, many, many times before that I had wanted to do it and many times after that I had wanted to do it, but not to the extent of I'm going to do it. And it was always wanting to do it, but stop because I can't leave my horse. I can't leave my horses. I can't leave my horses. Wow. So they literally were my reason for living at that time. They were literally were my thing of why I wanted to stay alive. But here's the thing. This is what I wanted to share. Depression, known in, in the spiritual realm, is deep rest. Mm -hmm. When we have a depressive state, it is meaning that our life and what we are currently living and how we are living it is not matching what our soul wants. So 
our soul brings us back, makes us go inward. And it says, deal with your emotions, deal with yourself because your life needs to change. So what happens though, is because it's such a taboo in society, we suppress it, we hide it, and we try to pretend that it's not there. And all that does is put us closer and closer and closer to this. For me, I felt like I was at the bottom of the ocean. Yes. What is important is that we express these emotions and we express how we're feeling. And even if we write it down or talk to somebody about it, but it's there to be expressed so that we can put it into our forefront and change things. Depression for me means that change is needed in your life. And the reason why the world is in such a depressive state is because the world is in a state of where things need change. We need growth. How we were doing things in the past is no longer matching our health, our happiness, and what our soul is truly wanting us to live as a human life. So this is the most important time that we listen to that instead of covering it up with drugs and things and work and everything else that we as a human race understand now is the time for change and growth. And that's where horses are helping us. That's huge. So you said a couple of different things that, you know, I feel like we're so connected because I was the same way being empathic and horses really saved me too, because I moved for, I don't know, six or seven times in seven years. And so I was always thrust into a different place. And as a kid, that's really hard. And my father actually moved us and got me a horse because I was hanging out with the wrong people, right? You know, they were doing drugs and things like that in high school. So just being at the barn and just being able to even just shovel out their stalls and their paddocks made me feel safe. And it also gave me a purpose, but it also helped me in the same way. I could be myself. So that's the only place I felt acceptance, total acceptance and unconditional love. And that is what we want to convey to so many other listeners out there is that that's what horses do. That's, that's the beauty of what they do is that they accept you no matter where you are, what you've gone through, and they love you no matter what. They will correct you. <laughs> yes. Get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. But the starting point is that they love you, and so they will give you all that they have, even when they don't need to. So, um, But I think what you're saying is completely correct and that people are upset and fearful. And because what we did yesterday – in the world is not good enough for today and tomorrow. We need to change. We've changed. We've evolved. So things around us and the systems need to change as well. And my thing is, I know that horses can help us with this as you do, right? So it's not just about that. A lot of people don't have the experience with horses. They think, oh, that's old stuff. And people just are off riding and they're all really rich and and we're disconnected, but we're actually really connected to the world. And we want to help people that are non-riders have this experience, right? Well, this is where my belief, what I believe is, is that horses are helping us evolve to a new stage of consciousness and awareness, self-awareness. And um, as I said to you, I was talking with my very close animal communicator friend and she was asking me, she was saying, but, but why? Why horses? Why specifically horses? And this is the thing. We come into this human life, and, and as you know, we have this amazing, beautiful soul, and then we come into this human form, and we become dense, and we forget our greatness so that we can understand darkness. We understand this darkness so we can eventually see and evolve into this light at brighter and brighter, higher vibrations. Now, for me, fear 
is the force of growth. Without fear, we don't change. We don't want to grow. We don't look at our inwards. We don't look at things that are false beliefs or want to change or want to become anything else. So fear is very, very important. But fear uses us two ways. We either let ego, our ego self, use the fear, which will control us, suppress us, or the opposite, make us want to be greed, um, better than everybody else, need a personality, or we can let our soul use fear. And our soul uses fear to enlighten us, to transform us, and to raise our consciousness. This is where horses come into it. Because horses, specifically horses, this gorgeous, beautiful, amazing animal, brings out the fear in people. It does. So, I mean, dogs to an extent do, you know, cats and so forth. Some people are afraid of snakes or so forth and things like that. But specifically a horse, even if somebody has never met a horse before and they think, oh, they're such a beautiful creature, as soon as they are standing with a horse, the presence of a horse that grandness in them is confronting mm-hmm. to anybody, even yep. to the strongest, machoist man. <laughs> you put them with a horse and that horse will immediately make them humble. And um, I don't want to speak too much personally, but somebody very close to me, a young male in, 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 uh, that I know, he was having a lot of problems. But whenever I had him with my horse or with any of the horses, bang. No problems. He was immediately present. He would be immediately present, listening, aware. Yes, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Whereas outside of that, a lot of problems. Completely chaotic, not not there. Came from a lot of problems. So he was experienced stealing a lot in his head. But the point is, is that being around the horse would immediately alter and shift his state of mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, do you want me to go further on this because um, uh, this is moving me into the whole competition world of the whole horse industry. I yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about a little bit because I think that this is really important right now for equestrians because the equestrian culture is shifting a little bit. I want to go down this path just for a little bit because it's really important right now is that we're in a pivotal time in terms of how equestrians are treating each other for all you non-equestrians out there. The equestrian world may look very pretty from the outside, but on the inside – it can be very nasty. People do not um, operate with a lot of kindness, sometimes integrity is in question. And this is not just in treatment of forces. This is in treatment of person to person, soul to soul, heart to heart. There is not that connection. You've got to remember that in competition, everybody's out to win, which is great. Everybody has an A-type personality. We're perfectionists. But our culture is coming to that point where, as you said in the very beginning, we need to change. We need to be more uh, inclusive, kinder to each other, no matter whether you ride dressage or you're a jumper. I don't care. But what you just said is so important that the horses bring out the fear in equestrians. Even if we've been around them, they still can scare us and regular humans, but they make us mindful. And that's important. Huge. Now, when I say they bring out the fear and this is this is the important part is they bring out the fear state in us, whether that's related to horses riding or any other part of our life. So they're, they're mirroring us. And yeah. this is why 
that this is why they're so important because they're mirroring mirroring not just our mental and physical actions and our state they mirror our emotional and soul state right so every time we're with a horse and we think oh we you know we know what we're doing even a professional rider if they are in a fear state about anything else in their life money men whatever status whatever poverty whatever it is the horse is going to pick up on that vibration and the horse will mirror that back and if you are aware enough and open enough you will attract the horse that is going to react on that so we often have the horse that is more forgiving and just keeps us letting us go and and letting things happen letting us control them letting us force them then we get that sensitive horse yeah. that horse that is not so much physically sensitive but sensitive to how we're feeling sensitive to the weather sensitive to everything sensitive to not allow us to stay in that state yep i refer to my horse uh, lee and you've got to remember by the time this horse came into my life i had finished all my years of training in germany i had been sent to japan as the as a main coach in japan i had been around the world came back to australia had opened my stables was coaching and training across australia i could speak three languages i was good <laughs> i thought wow. when i say what i mean to say is it didn't matter my skill level and it didn't matter my experience i was operating in fear in many many ways and my horse lee came in and said uh uh-uh, uh we're not training today because you're not right so i'd have weeks of training with him we'd be getting up to pre st george work and we'd have an amazing week training at home and then the next week i could only take him for a ride out to the apple orchard or down the road on the buckle i couldn't touch him wow so you know he would constantly keep telling me no no not today you're not in the right state today but he was also telling me be aware not just of how you're riding what you're thinking what you're doing is everything i had learned i had even worked with an animal psychologist andrew mclean in australia before i left for germany everything i knew all my german training all my little kid learning how to ride bareback nothing worked with lee and he was trying to say you're ne- ready for the next stage you need to understand that riding is a reflection of your soul of your spiritual growth not just of your physical growth so and he was making me understand you've got to connect with that first you've got to learn to understand that first i had stresses with the business i had uh belief pat- patterns around men that needed to be faced i had so many things that i needed to work on that it didn't matter how good i thought i could ride it was those other things that needed to be faced and changed it was those wow. other things that needed to be looked at and it was also me looking at moving away from my ego state yep and moving into my soul state yep instead of trying to make this business work because yep. australia needs german riding <laughs> yeah my heart was saying i want the soul connection i want to help people spiritually and the more i started to shift and do that kind of work the more my business failed but the better my relationship with lee became wow so it was always this constant he was moving me in the direction i needed to go Right. but it was also then shedding everything else that i needed to let go of going down that track i ended up losing my business i ended up then having a complete material loss went into meditative state for a year and a half ended up in malaysia was ready to go and join the buddhist monastery the 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 head monk there uh, the swamiji said no you're needed in the world you have to stop meditating look there was a there's a wow. huge story in in my wow. life there's lots of chapters to it But what I mean to say is is it was because the horse was bringing up my fear state 
And at first, when I was able to let go of my ego self using that state, trying to force this business, trying to control this business, trying to make this business work, and not listening to what the horses wanted, mm-hmm. many, many occasions I would have a horse in training and I would just be thinking, this horse needs a break. It needs a holiday. It needs to go riding in the, in the apple orchard for two weeks. Yeah. I can't do that. I'm getting paid to train this horse. Not only is it an agreement between two human beings, but I needed the money for my business to survive. Right. You know, right. I had staff to, to, to pay. I had animals to feed. <laughs> horses to yeah. feed. So it was my heart was telling me this is what I want to do. I want a spiritual-based horse training with people and, and riding. Yeah. But my ego was saying that's not going to work. So it was this shift from moving away from my ego self and letting go of all the material things that were attached to that ego self. I lost everything. My car, my house, the property, everything gone. Wow. Everything was gone. But I then gained my spiritual self. Right. And I worked through my fears. And not only did I was I able to shed the fears and transform them, use them for growth, I was able to release and finally let go of all those years of depression. Wow. So this is where the big shift came. And it was, for me, it was because of horses. Oh, man, that, that's, a, that's an amazing story right there. I can't believe what experiences you've had. I mean, the good and the bad, the <laughs> monastery and oh my goodness. But <laughs> only half of it. And I'm <laughs> sure we have to, I have to get your book. <laughs> <laughs> but so much of this resonates with me as a writer because I, uh, I do have fear that I still work through to this day. And my horse now is I wanted a steady eddy, probably something that would never challenge me. I always get the sensitive ones. I wonder why. But this one is just like your Lee. He's very, very smart. And he will tell me, you're doing baby stuff. You got to get out of the ring. I, I'm bored in here. Let's move on. And it's it's me that's holding myself back. And he will tell me and force me to be present and mindful. And you're ready for this or you're not ready for that. And they will, the right horses are there to teach you and bring out your spiritual gifts and stand more fully in the light, which is a process, as you just described, with, with everything that you went through. But look at you now. I mean, now you're doing what you love, and you seem like you're so radiant and happy. And is Lee still, is Lee still with you? He, look, at the moment, unfortunately, he's still in Australia because I okay. couldn't take him with me financially. But it, regardless of that, it was because... His purpose at the moment is with my sister. He's healing my sister. He's helping my sister. Wow. So he's not fully retired yet, even though I thought he wanted to be, but he didn't. He said he wants to still keep being ridden. He wants, and he's helping my sister through her emotional things. And she will openly come out and say it to anybody because she loves sharing the message of what horses are teaching. Wow. So, yeah, it's... That's so cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's, he's, he's still teaching. He's still doing what he loves. And one day we'll be reunited when it's meant to be. But yeah. at the moment, yeah. At the moment I'm focusing on family. I've got, like I said, I've got my five-month-old twins and a two-year-old little girl, and we're just doing that, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll move to the next thing. Um, Julie, I just did wanted to move down that competition track because I feel this is very... Very important, the message that is needing to be said for the competition world. Sure, sure. I did write an article about this um, when I was in that very deep meditative state. I was strongly intuitively feeling that the competition world is going to shift and eventually we will not have competition as such. We will have a celebration. We oh, will have a nice. celebration. 
Now, at the time, I was feeling this probably won't happen in my lifetime, but honestly, I'm really strongly feeling we're in already the birthing stages of it. Yes, I believe so too. Yeah, we're in the birthing stages of it because competition, as much as we wish it isn't, and as much as we have enlightened souls out there, older souls working within the competition world, and I know them, it is still judgment-based. And judgment-based is where our ego lives. Our ego operates through judgment and then rides on fear. Yep. So whether we feel as though, you know, we're just doing the local competition with, it doesn't matter. In order to have, you're going in there to, to asking for somebody else to define your worth. You're going in there asking for somebody else to say whether you're doing this right or whether you're doing this wrong. Do you understand what I'm wow, saying? Wow, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. Right, validation. So Right. So instead of us getting that validation or understanding through ourselves, I would do the same as a coach. I'm not here to tell you this is right or this is wrong. I'm here to help you find the best way that makes you and your horse a great team together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the moment, wherever you are, you don't need somebody else from the outside to say, yes, this is right or is wrong. But that validation is very much needed because we feel insecure and we're fear-based. Yes. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So yes. We, we require we, we require the validation to help us understand and remember whenever you're feeling inferior or superior to anybody else, that is your ego self. Right. So the competition world will always ride on those two. Now the horses are helping us bring that forth so that we can remember what I said about when I had my training stables. I was still in my ego self, that fear of I'm not good enough, or um, for me it was I was very much feeling always inferior, uh, inferior. Uh -huh. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So they will, the horses will help us see that state, so that we can use the fear to help us move beyond the ego self and help us connect with the soul self. Now remember, how we treat our horses is how we treat ourselves. So when we have that disconnected connection to the horses, that lack of empathy and understanding and connection to the horses, it's because we also have that disconnection and lack of empathy for ourselves. And that's the blindness of the ego self. Absolutely. Okay, so the Absolutely. more we punish and get angry at these trainers, the way they're training, the way people are riding horses, the way the dressage industry, the show jumping is all roll curve, this is it's abusive. It's, yes, but we're also abusing ourselves. Right. So to change the competition industry is to first enlighten and connect with the riders, with the humans, with the people. Yes, yes. And that's what the horses are trying to do. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And as you keep saying, we need to work from our hearts. We need to work from heart connection, the heart-to-heart -heart connection. That's the horses. They're trying to help us bring the fear to the surface so that we can unblock this blocked heart connection. Right, right, and move through it. And it's so interesting what you just said because it's so true. I've known people that have been very cruel to their horses. I'm the person that's almost overly kind, but um, – uh, my horse is so sensitive that if we were standing in front of each other and you had your horse and I had my horse and you, you know, hit your horse on the chest, like, you know, just like that, not hit, um, he would jump. That's how sensitive he is. And in my other barn, there was a, a girl who was very cruel to her horse. She would never tell her horse he was a good boy. She beat him all the time to the point where I said, next time you do that, I'm taking a video and I'm sending it somewhere. This is wrong. And she had such good horses. So it's like what makes people think that they can just get on because they've had a bad day and beat the crap out of their horse who's just trying to help them. Well, you just said it. There's no connection. 
and they're unhappy and they're probably riding off of those two things that you just said, the ego mind and the fear. And it's all insecurity. It may come out as bravado and I'm the best, but it really is insecurity. Not, I'm not saying it's right. I do not approve of any of that. Uh, I think we should be kind and we should listen. And also, I do think they need correction sometimes. So I'm not going to say, you know, there's correction. It's quick and it's once, just like they do out in, when they're out together. It's a quick correction and that's it. But um, it's really interesting how people treat their horses and, and how they interact with them. How we're interacting and treating our horses is how we interact and treat our whole life. Mm -hmm. So the horse is mirroring that. The horse is helping us look at ourselves square on. It's, the horse is helping us look into the mirror, not just at us physically. It's helping us look into the mirror of our thoughts, our emotions, and our soul state. Now, unfortunately, unless we get that mirror bounced back at us, we can't make change because awareness creates change. So every horse that is allowing their human to beat them, to yell at them, to tie them down in those draw reins and everything is because they are, have a, a strong purpose, a strong soul contract at that point of time yeah. to help that person become enlightened about who they are. That's right. Now, as I said, this will shift in the future. We won't need to have such an aggressive, abusive state in order for us to see that. But right now, this is where we are at. The human state is in a very fearful state. Absolutely. And so the horses are reflecting that. Yep. The most important thing to have, Julie, is compassion and understanding. Because judgment and ridicule, when we think, oh, but we're helping that horse, we're acting from the same level of vibration as the person who is abusing the horse. So the person that comes in and gets judgmental and aggressive and abusive towards the human that is doing the same thing it's the same vibration. It's the same energy. It can't change. You can't shift. You cannot fight fire with fire. No, you can't. So there is a difference when you come in with a, a state of compassion and understanding and love for that person. Love has strength beyond fear. Yep. Yep, it when does. When you come in to a little two-year-old and you say, listen. Or when you come into a little two-year-old and say, stop doing that, you're hurting that, stop, why are you doing that, it's horrible, you're a horrible person. Does that make that two-year-old feel good about themselves? Or does the listen? Listen. What's wrong? That right. helps. Right. You've got to change your vibration. And you can't right. help somebody if you are vibrating in the same state. That's right. So there's always this pole, and again, the horse industry is such a mirror of our ego state. Because even though we think we have these people that are, again, this is how important it is to, we believe that we have a group of people that are saying, okay, we're going to change this. So we're looking at you and we're saying, you're bad, you're wrong, you shouldn't be doing this. You're acting from the same judgmental, aggressive state as an activist, as those that are aggressively abusing the horses. It's coming in and looking at it non-judgmentally putting your arms around both groups and saying, right, what's going on here? Right. What's the problem? How can we change How it? How can we change what it? What do you need? Right. What do we need? Right. So there's stepping stones for change, not against. So the ego bases itself in judgment and separation. I'm right, you're wrong. This right. is right, this is wrong. Right, right. Spiritually speaking, there is no right or wrong, but this can be abused 
so easily when it is not understood, when it is not used from integrity. Mm-hmm. And integrity is that inner compass of what is love-based and what is fear-based. Fear-based, yep. Okay? Yep. So then yep. whenever we're acting in a fear state, instead of that fear of judgment upon others, we can stop and feel loved and say, okay, what's wrong right now? Right. What do I need to change? What's going on? Why am I feeling stressed? What's happening? And then we can release it and let it go. If you look at the animal kingdom, they work in the same way. They get, yell at their young, do whatever, yell at the others. And then it's calm after that. Right. There's no judgment, resentment, and holding on to things for a long time. There's they no still guilt. have unconditional love for each other. Exactly. Right. But do we have unconditional love for ourselves? No. And so how can I love? Yeah. Exactly. Right. If we don't have that for ourselves, how can we help others? So even my exactly. message is to the activists, stop and look at yourself first because right. how you help the world outside of you is a reflection from how you speak and and see yourself. See yourself, absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's not saying that there isn't horrible things going on in the world, but when we're acting from a judgmental fear-based state, we cannot shift the horrible things that are happening in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. We just add to it. Absolutely. And we need to get rid of the fear and look at ourselves first and then start to try. And I go I talk about the mindset a lot and how you talk to yourself. It starts from there, how how you speak to yourself, let alone anybody else in your world or your horses. It's all about you said, you know, you were feeling, you know, insecure that you were not good enough. That's very, very common in in so many women. And most of the riders are 98 percent women. So. So they're looking for that validation and they're looking for that. I'm okay. I can do this even no matter what their rank is, no matter what discipline they ride. So it's really important to start realizing how you're talking to yourself and how you're, you need to start loving yourself and accepting yourself. And it's a process, but that's the first right step, right? Well, this is again where it's very, very uh, challenging. And this is what I speak about in the enlightened riding seminar is we work on those uh, thoughts. But this is 95% of our thoughts are in and our beliefs are in the subconscious brain. Subconscious, yeah. Okay, so that 5% that's in our conscious that we're actually aware of, we're actually living and operating throughout our day and attracting everything based on our 95%. So this is where it's important to bring that 95% to the surface. And that comes through calm mind. And writing first taught me that before meditation did. Because riding in Germany, you rode, you didn't speak. You know, really? you're leading. Oh, oh. <laughs> Very tough, huh? I trained, I trained with the classical ones. It's not so much today anymore. But I trained at a time where it was still very, very much, it's the rider's fault, not the horse. So it was all about, you've got to ride better. It's not your horse. You, you're, you're, the horse is, is a, a mirror image of the rider. Mm-hmm. So it's coming from this time where you go beyond your conscious thoughts of, I can't, I can't, I can't, this is right, this is wrong, blah, 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 the horse hates me, he's not doing it. And you become calm in that conscious mind and you allow feeling to take over and then the intuition, the awareness, the feel, all of that starts to generate in riding. Wow. Um, and which is the same as meditation. Right. But this is that hard thing, that mindfulness, which is what I wrote in the first book, Ride for Life. The That mindfulness is there, it's operating, it's working, it's important that you become conscious of that. But then the next big step 
is dealing with the beliefs that are operating everything behind the scenes. Absolutely. And that's what Lee was teaching me. That 100%. was Lee, what Lee was going going into. And that's emotions and belief patterns. Emotions and belief patterns. The horses are so evolved from the, the talks that I've had with them. They are way more evolved than we are. They don't need us. We need them. And that's what people need to realize, right? Yes. So why do you think horses have chosen to help us? Why do you, after, they have no reason to help us, especially after some of the abuse and some of the terrible things that humans have done to them. Why do you think that they're still, is it because they're sentient beings and they they are higher and more elevated and they, they know that they can help us? What, what okay. are your thoughts on that? I truly believe and understand that we as souls, group souls, animals included, plants, life, the planet, everything, we have, uh, before we come into this human form, before we come into this life, we have soul plans and soul agreements with each yep. other. Agreements. Okay? Yes, absolutely. So I truly believe that the souls, the light souls of horses, specifically horses, let's just stick to horses because that's what you're asking about. Horses know that human beings need to evolve through the state of fear. Yep. And horses know that they are the physical animal being that is going to bring up fear in humans. Not just fear, but they are going to bring up fear and love. Because say, for example, a snake brings up fear, but it's very hard to go beyond the fear and let's try and have a cuddle with a snake. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so, but what I'm saying is the, the, the horse will bring up the fear but they also transform it and help a person cross over into love. So they're helping us bridge that. They're helping us do that. They're helping us with that. The other aspect to remember is, and this is what um, uh, for personally from my situation as well, from what I've been told and what, what the horses have said as well, is that um, like dogs, uh, domestic horses, domestic dogs and, and horses, we've, they've spent many, many, many lifetimes with very old, old souls together with humans. They understand humans. They know what humans are like. They, they understand the human form, the, the consciousness, the person, personalities of humans. So they've spent many lifetimes with us and they understand that. And so for somebody like me, where I've been told I've had a lot of lifetimes with horses, I've also generated a lot of good karma with horses. So yeah. horses want to work with me this lifetime. Um, when I was young, I used to attract, especially when I was in Germany, I attracted the worst horses, the horses nobody else wanted to ride. I would always end up training them. I would always end up riding them. And for some reason, I would always get a good bond, a good connection, and we'd get through it. And I always thought, oh, it's because I've had the right training. I've had the right training. I've got the right training. I've done the horse psychology. <laughs> got the right German training. I've got it. But it wasn't until I was told later, and it made so much sense, and I understood it then later through the horses as well, that they they were ready for me. They were looking forward to me coming. They knew that I would understand them. They knew that I would help them through right. what the humans were trying to do with them. Yes. So they do have this soul bond with humans because for so many lifetimes – they have incarnated with humans and they have this joint soul life plan with humans. And most importantly, it's because they bring out the fear in us and they transform it into love. And you can have a little cuddle with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you've done so many things. And when I think about your story, I think about the training that you had that must have really bumped up against your intuitiveness 
and would have in me created a personal struggle. So how did you know, did you, when you were small, did you know that you knew you were intuitive, but did you know the extent of your gifts? Okay. This, this is an important question because this is something that I think a lot of us know, but we do what I've done and you, you, you numb it down. Yeah. Um, I knew it from very, very young. I used to talk to my guides at, uh, during the day. I used to, as a kid, I used to talk to the guides. I used to talk to the angels, everything. And literally, I saw them. I felt them, everything. Um, as I got older and I started to experience the world and had to start working in the world and working with horses, and the horse industry is, is – there's so much pain in the horse industry between humans – and animals, I, I started to shut it off. I had to close it off. Because it was because too I much. Knew it was too much. Yep. And I subconsciously knew I've got to do the physical training. I've got to become the horse trainer. I've got to do this so that I can have an influence one day within that equestrian world. In I didn't good, know that yep. consciously, but yep. I knew it subconsciously. Yep. So to get through those hard, hard years of training, I did shut off emotionally. Um, uh Opening that back up was then I started to realize the intuitiveness just started to walk through. I'd be coaching with somebody and literally I'd go into the arena and I'd get this download of information of where the horse is at, what it's needing, what it doesn't like, what it's having problems with, what the person's having problems with in their life, everything. And then I'd be coaching that that training session, working with them, we'd be working on something in their riding. But the message I was saying about the riding, whether it was about you've got to trust yourself, you've got to follow through with this or whatever it was, I'd look up and the person would be bawling their eyes out with tears and saying, but you're talking about what's happening with me, with my husband or with this, that work, with this problem at work. And then I'd realize... I wasn't, and the horses were helping me. The horses right. were intuitively helping me as well. Right. Um, it was it, this intuitiveness I always knew I had morphed out and came a lot stronger once I started to connect with my spiritual side again and do the do the spiritual work, which was understanding that riding is not just physical aids and mental focus. It is much, much more. Much than more that. than that. Yeah. Wow. That's so that's so cool that you get downloads like that. I I think that's oh, I love it when that happens. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I just thought, oh well, I'm just intuitively getting it. I didn't also realize that I was picking up on what the horses are communicating with me as well. Um, now I do energy readings with people, so that's with anybody. You don't have to ride anything. Um, basically, I'll tune in. I'll get a download of information as well of where you're basically at in your life, and then your guides will come through and I help you understand what's going on, where you need to move in right now. And, and very often people's, because a lot of them are in the horse community, their horse will pop in and say, this and this, I need help with this and I need help with that. Uh-huh. So that's more of the intuitive work that I'm doing. But um, it will become balanced one day back in with equestrian dressage, but from a whole different perspective. Right, a whole right. Different perspective. And, right, yeah, that, wow. That's, that's so cool because I think that's so much of the riding that we do is all we're all connected, right? But we're not just connected physically. It's the mind and the body and the soul and the contracts and all that, right? So when you're riding your horse or even interacting with somebody, it's not just about that, you know, 
physical electromagnetic field, it's way more than that. It's the soul and what you're saying and your vibration and all that good stuff too. And those are the things we all have stuff to work on, right? I have stuff to work on and nobody's perfect. So if we can stay in a humble state, I mean, what would you recommend to people if they know that they maybe are are dealing with fear or ego or both? What are your recommendations to to get into a better state? Number one, stop judging yourself. Accept and embrace how you currently are feeling. Mm-hmm. You've got to embrace it entirely. You've got to you've got to take it on. I often uh, use the metaphor of when a, a person is riding a horse and they're afraid of something, but they deny it. They pretend they're not afraid. Come on, let's just keep going. It's okay. Let's just keep going. The horse is more insecure because it feels the separation in yourself. Yep. It feels you know not there. You're not connected. You're not there. But where you own that and you say, I'm feeling really afraid, but come on, let's try this anyway. Yep. The horse trusts you. Yep. And life works the same. So if you're feeling afraid, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling guilt, you're feeling any of those things, accept it. No judgment. And then from there you can move forward with love, uh, forgiveness, and let's move on. Um, so absolutely the first most important thing is let go of judgment your ego loves judgment this is right (laughs) this is wrong this is good this is bad this is white this is black let go it is what it is and you're in it right now for this period of time because you're needing it to learn grow and evolve and until you can fully embrace that you will not be able to move on from it Right, right. Wow. That's so powerful. And it's so true because you need to embrace where you are right now and accept where you are without judgment, which we judge everything. We judge people that walk by us. We judge cars that we see. We judge everything. Judge, judge, judge. And that's just not, it's not healthy for us. And that's the ego does that, but we can still override that and we can figure out a way around that. If you start paying attention to your thoughts and you'll start, you'll start understanding what your subconscious mind is saying all that time that that tapes running in the back of your mind, you start trying to really listen to those thoughts. That's, that's another right. Good step to just kind of catch it and then say, wait a minute, is that my, is, do I really think that? Or is that just a tape that I had from somebody? It could be from somebody else. It may not even be your thought pattern, right? Uh, Most of the time it is somebody else's thought pattern (laughs) that we've developed, developed over the years of, of living. So it's, um, it's very, very powerful and very important to have that, that mindfulness to, to be aware of our thoughts but at the same time getting lost in the mind can take us more down that that judgmental ego track so where you're saying be mindful of that be aware of what your thoughts are at the same time let it go let it go. there's a very very important meditative technique that um i learned years ago it was actually from deepak chopra and he basically said when when you close your eyes just watch your thoughts Watch your thoughts coming across like clouds. Just watch them, but let them pass. Mm-hmm. If you get caught up in one, just remind yourself, let it go. Watch your thoughts, thoughts just crossing like clouds, just crossing like clouds. And after a while of doing this, ask yourself, who is watching the thoughts? Oh. Who is watching the thoughts? And you wait for that shift to happen. I did that meditation for quite a long time, but it wasn't until I had let go of my business and everything and I was doing very, very hour-long meditations that all of a sudden I did that meditation and I just went, woof. I became the entire universe, everything. This amazing feeling of peace. I no longer was my thoughts and I no longer was my body. 
Wow. So wow. This, this, this is you, – you, you can understand it with the mental mind, but to experience and feel it, who you really are, is beyond the mind. It's and different, yeah. And that's why I love riding because riding teaches you to go beyond the mind, to get out of your head and get into your body. And then from there, you can release the body and go and morph with the horse, join with the horse, join yeah. with the arena, join with the paddock, join with yeah. the rest of the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. join the rest of the horses. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have I have a, a something that I want to ask you because I've always thought this, and I've asked a couple of people this, and a lot of times they, they kind of, get it but i think you'll get it because we're kind of on the same wavelength and that is when i'm riding and it doesn't matter how good you are it doesn't matter how long you've trained i'm just talking about you're riding your horse when you have that connection and that soul to soul connection if i think of something and i think in a picture right he does what i ask him in a picture i'm not really i may be giving very subtle cues but i'm thinking what's canter I can see it in my mind, and he starts to do it. So have, I'm sure you've experienced that, right? Oh, that's that's the – what you're basically saying, that's animal communication. That's yeah. telepathy. That's that's how we're, the, the animals are communicating with us. We're communicating with them. But at the same time, when you become a skilled dressage rider, that's when you classically train that way, you're taught to ride that way. You're taught to just think of what you want because without realizing – I mean, they – the Germans would basically say that when you think of what you want, your body sends the subtle singles, uh, signals for that to happen. Right. But without realizing, you're also sending the signal to the horse because you've become so focused and so in tune that you're you're channeling. You're channeling yep. together with the horse and you just think it and bang, it happens. Yep. But half of the time, we're so caught up in our mind of stress of this, what we're going to cook for dinner, what's going on there, who's riding like that, that one's riding better, this one's got that black horse, that one's got that whip. All of these things are going on our head. I'm not getting this right, I'm not getting it. What does it want? What is this? That there isn't any room or space for the communication to come from the rider to the horse. Right, right, right. So your tips, on if, if I had a busy mind and I was always thinking and I wasn't mindful and I wasn't with the horse at that point in time, what's the best thing to do? Let's, let's say you're on your horse, for example, and I'll, and you have a lot going on in your mind and there's no room for that communication. And But then consciously, you know that you'd like to have that. What would be a good tip that some a rider could have that they could pull them back, you know, themselves back so they could get that reconnection? Number one, breathe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm the person that holds their breath all the time. <laughs> yes, that's such a – oh, I forgot about all that one. Time. God, for years I all used to coach and, and tell people, breathe. I try holding to your like, breath. breathe, breathe, yes. breathe. I'm like <sighs> – Number yeah. one, breathing gets you back centered. It's, yeah. you know, it's like meditation. But honestly, I would have to say number two is stop talking. Yeah. Even if you're riding in the arena on your own, you won't realize it, but you're actually – Every now and then you're talking and saying, oh, that didn't happen. Oh, that wasn't right. Oh, oh that's you're expressing. You're, you're, you're letting it out. You're always going, what I say, you're jumping in front of the horse. So stop talking. Stop talking because that makes you go inward. Mm-hmm. And then breathe. Mm-hmm. The moment you find yourself running, don't even judge yourself that you've started going again in your thoughts. Breathe, start again. And if you have to breathe and start again a million times in that half an hour ride, you do it a million times. Yeah, because that's what you need. 
Right, right. Habits don't change before or after you were in them. Habits change while you are in the habit. When you are operating that, that old way and you're doing it and then you consciously change it, that's when you're breaking that neuron, that brain neuron. That's when you're changing the habit. So if you keep doing something, you're not getting worse. It's because the habit is coming up so that you can change it. Right, 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 right. So in your work today, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today to help. I'd like to talk maybe about non-riders because we've talked a lot about equestrians. But tell us a little bit about what you're working on now with non-equestrians and, and your spirit, the spirituality and all that, the fun stuff that you're doing with non-equestrians okay. in the world. Um, at the moment, I have to do work with non-equestrians because I've, I'm a mother of three little kids and, and <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got time for horses. Um, so at the moment, I, my partner and I, we've opened up our home as the Love and Nature Healing Retreat. So we have people coming that um, never seen a horse in their life and they're here. They're here for connecting with nature again, connecting with the animals. We've got a beautiful family of ducks and chickens and dogs and, and uh, they, they are helping healers as well. The garden, the organic gardening, getting people back to organic living, um, vegan food, just helping people open up to that and lighten their energies and everything. Our, our basic spiritual work that we really want is planet because the planet is a reflection of the human state so as much as we love this planet and we want to heal this planet and get this planet back to a thriving beautiful state yep. it has to come through shifting humans so our spiritual work is helping humans move out of that fearful pain state and helping them connect with their heart and souls again and connect with what their souls wanting them to live healing the pains healing the hurts healing the traumas and moving with that and we do that both through the retreat and I do that online with energy readings for people. Um, and I write. Writing is my um, my pen to the universe, basically. It's it's uh -huh. uh, writing is where I channel writing is where I, I love I love communicating with writing. It's something I've done since I was a little kid. It's been my life uh -huh. talent. Yeah. Um, so writing, whether it's articles, I have a website with the articles, whether it's posts that I write online um and books i've got the one published which i spoke to you about but there's more there's more coming <laughs> good yeah, good there's two that's completely awesome. written but they just have to be published so yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome so people so we're gonna have all the links to Catherine's information we're gonna have um i've got facebook and she's got linkedin and she just started twitter and i'll have um what about the energy readings that you are have available for people i'm gonna have a link for that as well how, can you tell us a little bit about those or how long they are and kind of how okay. they work? I've got a, a range of different times. So you can have a 10-minute one, 30-minute, an hour. Um, basically, if it's a 10-minute one and you want to just tune in for 10 minutes, focus on one question that you have. Just come into it with one question. We, I do this either through Skype, WhatsApp video, or um, I can do a landline phone call or a mobile phone call, depending on where you are situated in the in, in the world. I don't have to see you. It helps to see you, but I don't have to see you. Okay. So basically, and I also do them through email. So even if oh. you don't want to speak to me, I can do the channeling sessions. I do healing sessions, spiritual guidance sessions through emails as well. Wow. Um, 
Yeah. So cool. again, writing, writing's my my pen to the universe. That's yeah. That's I uh, channel with that. Um, the energy reading, as I said, is is my most intuitive work. And that's where I'll do the intuitive healing work and really get in tune with you and help you from a spiritual soul level as well as a practical, you're living life day to day, what can you do from that level as well. Um, I love that work. I really, really love that work at the moment. It's like a riding lesson but one-on-one with somebody who doesn't have a horse.